Hello everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to episode 11 of the Quarantine Hockey HQ Podcast. We have a great show for you today. We have the Assistant General Manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Josh Flynn. And we're also going to be talking about some big NHL news. We've been waiting for it for weeks. Um, who are the hub cities going to be? Uh, will phase three and four come back? What are the protocols going to look like? What will a new CBA look like? Uh, so we're going to discuss all of that after this interview with Josh Flynn, uh, where we talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets, his time there, uh, about Coach John Tortorella, General Manager Yarmo Kakalainen, and uh, their past seasons, and what's going to be the future of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, but without further ado, let's get you right into that interview with Josh Flynn. The Quarantine Hockey HQ podcast excited to welcome one of the assistant general managers of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Today's guest has been with the Blue Jackets for 12 years, and he works in all parts of the Jackets hockey operations, which includes the CBA, the draft, trades, analytics, contract negotiations, the salary cap, and much more. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Josh Flynn. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Uh, so, Josh, even though hockey has stopped right now, I can imagine that the hockey operations side uh, has definitely not. How busy have you been and what have you been up to? Uh, for the first couple of months of the pause, we were actually really busy. Um, we conducted all of our amateur scouting meetings. It was kind of a different look this year. Normally, we bring everybody in for, from around the world and we all get into one boardroom for a week and meet all day long. This time, we spread it out over more time. Did it all through Zoom. I mean, the whole world's working through Zoom yeah. right now. We're no different. Um, and we, we thought we thought it was productive. We got through all that. We've been meeting with our pro scouts. Um, in April, we signed several contracts. Um, so got some of our off-season business done. Um, and then uh, just been thinking about what's going to happen. It's been slowing down a bit um, as we just wait for direction from the league. But um, we've got players back on the ice in Columbus now. Um, we're getting really close, I think, to hearing from the league about the next steps. And then we're going to be really busy. So yeah. um, it's, it's kind of a different time. I mean, our off-season is always a little slower than our in-season. And it's we've kind of been in off-season mode for a little bit. But we've been, uh, I think we've been productive and trying to just make sure we can do as much with the time as we've had. Yeah, and like you said, with with the CBA and all of the talks with the return to play, it's very possible by the time this podcast is released on Tuesday that it's announced because things happen uh, so quickly. Uh, but since yeah. everything has been on hold, you said you were doing a lot of scouting. Um, what has been like the number one goal for the Jackets uh, front office to get done uh, during the, this pause because you guys have had uh, this long break? Just, just to make sure we're ready. And I mean, uh, you know, it's, it, it's hard to separate that into one thing, but it's been more like we, we want for the players that are going to come back and finish the season and be ready to go and be ready to win the cup for what we're doing, be ready for the off season and be ready for any kind of quirk that whatever comes out of this pause throws at us because it's going to be a different environment. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a different environment than what we had envisioned, you know, March 1st and what we envisioned March 15th. So we're just trying to be prepared for whatever comes our way and stay on top of it with the league and stay on top of it with our scouts and 
just be ready. That's that's been all. That's that could sum it up. Is just be ready. And you've been with the Blue Jackets for 12 years now. Uh, like I said in the intro, what has been the most interesting year uh, for you so far, or some of your best moments? Uh, I mean, last year was was probably the most emotional roller coaster of a year with everything we went to with you know players potentially leaving that ended up leaving and you know the decisions we made to try and give ourselves a kick at the can while having put ourselves in a position where we could do that and stay competitive going onward but take advantage of the situation we had and you know obviously seeing it come together and and beating the team that had the best regular season in NHL history was it, it, it was it was nice to see that all come together and, and nice to see our, our team come together and, and tackle something like that. And for all the guys that remain, it's something that they're going to build on. And just the emotion of all that was like nothing I've experienced in the 12 years here. Um, so that, that season, I mean, I'll, I'll remember that season for a long time. Yeah. And you were talking about, um, that season, the best record uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you guys not only beat them in the series, you swept them. And with you being in a front office position with the Blue Jackets, you've seen many general managers, coaches come by for 12 years. It must have been a huge chip on your shoulder um, that the franchise has never won a playoff series. And last year, you guys won that series, even though you didn't go all the way. How did the front office feel after that chip was lifted off their shoulder uh, you guys got that first series win, and now you know in these playoffs this year, you've got through that first round. Now we can build on that and continue to go even further. Yeah, I mean, for for the city and for the franchise, it means a lot to have to have won a playoff series and to experience what that's like. For for us and for our team, I think what what's important about that is you know what happened for 20 years before this group got here is not as important as what's happened to this group and a lot of these players have been here for a few years so for them it was like five or six years for some of those guys the guys that came up through our system and through Cleveland and won the championship in Cleveland and then built up to that point then hadn't got the result in the playoffs yet it's more for them that they saw that anything's possible that they saw what they can do when they come together as a team and um for those individual players more than for 20 years of Columbus Blue Jackets yeah. history, I think it's something that they can build on going forward. And it's going to, it's going to be great for them as we continue to work towards the ultimate goal. And we'll ultimately see what happens hopefully soon uh, with the playoffs and throughout the years in the future. Um, but since John Tortorella was hired by the Jackets, the team has almost entered a new era uh, with coaching and with the team. Uh, what has it been like working with Torts and how has he helped, change the franchise uh torts is i mean he, he knows what buttons to push he's uh he knows what he's doing when he prepares a team he, he's a guy who can get a lot out of a team and not just like you know the value of the players that are there he can get more out of them he can make a team out of them and he's he's done a great job for us and um i think you know he cares a lot and what you hear about him doesn't always match what yeah. he is. And I've said that a bunch of times. Um, I, I've really enjoyed working with him and uh, we're excited about uh, the job he'll do coming into this playoffs, this playoff run when we get back. 
and that's why I love speaking to people uh, within organizations because, I mean, people, what you said, people say about Torts all the time that how good of a coach he is. Uh, but how can the same be um, said about Yarmo, who really has helped change this franchise as well and that you've been working with for a while now? Uh, I, I've, I've loved working with Yarmo for the past seven years. I mean, Yarmo um, obviously comes from such a, such a background of where he's he's managed, he's scouted, he's run a scouting department, he played, he ran an agency for a little bit, like he's done it all. And he has a lot of appreciation for the input that a lot of people from different backgrounds bring. And I think that makes you get better. And he's also not willing, He's he's not afraid of taking a chance when he sees there's a chance to be taken. Um, he's got an open mind and he works hard and he brings the best out of people around him and brings the right people in with varying uh, viewpoints. And I think that's, that's the way to do it. And I think uh, it's, it's been great for me to get to work with him for all these years. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the risks, uh, we saw that last year and they pay off sometimes. And that's what you want uh, from a good general manager and from, people around the organization as well. Um, but I, I know you can't speculate about trades or talk about a lot of things, um, but you do have two great goaltenders uh, with Elvis Merzlikens, Jonas Corposalo, and you also have some great goaltenders uh, in the AHL and out of the league as well as prospects. Uh, how great is it uh, for the franchise to have these two goaltenders going into the future, whether they play here or one of them gets traded in the future? How great are is goaltending for your team it's it's always important to be solidified in goal i mean you've you've seen some teams that have come undone without good goaltending and we're very fortunate to you know we had Bobrovsky, and we knew we had corpusala was already here and and had done well when he'd been given the reins and we we had very high hopes for elvis and we knew when we left we we would be in good hands with with two young promising guys and, and and there were a lot of people in the media that that questioned what, why we wouldn't go get a veteran goalie last summer and it's because we felt confident in these two guys and they've they've proved us right so far it's only you know one year but we'll we'll see where it goes but um we're, we're it's a good position to be in to have two quality goaltenders and with signing both of them uh during this pause is the plan to have them both be playing uh, for your franchise for the whole season next year? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you never you never rule out any possibility in this this game of what could happen, yeah. but we signed them to contracts that fit our framework going forward, so certainly the plan is to have them here. Yeah. All right, and now after free agency last year, some fans have concerns um, that players may not like to be in Columbus. Uh, especially with some big free agents uh, coming up with Jones going to be available as a free agent in the next few years. Uh, How do you change that narrative in the future? And how has uh, former player Rick Nash, who was the former uh, captain for the Blue Jackets, helped that process now that he's in the front office as well? Yeah, as you were were starting that that question, I I was – Go back. I was thinking I'm going to bring up Nasher because yeah. uh, I mean everybody's different, right? We're we're not talking about anything that's black and white when we're talking about yeah. where people like to live. Every everybody, some people like the pace of some place, some people like the beach, some people like a big city, some people like laid back, some people. Everybody's different. So there's a lot of things that appeal to people in Columbus, and just because 
there have been players that, you know, they really wanted something else in their life. So they went somewhere else. There's just as many players that this appeals to them uh, mm-hmm. living into in a place like Columbus, which is a, a, a great, a great place with um, an easy, easy style of living, a low yeah. cost of living, uh, the ability to raise a family and live in good neighborhoods and still have access to, you know, a cosmopolitan lifestyle downtown. That's not yeah. New York city, but it's still got a, got a lot to offer. And um, I, I think a lot of people like, like me and, and Nasher are both from Toronto. Um, yeah. We both came here in our early twenties. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very different style of uh, pace of living in Columbus, Ohio yeah. versus somewhere like that. And he's gone to New York and he's got played in Boston. And so, I, I mean, he, he came back here and settled yeah. down because, and, and he's not the only one. Like we yeah. have so many guys who played for this team that decided this is where they, they want to settle down after they're done playing. So um, I think that's a testament to what Columbus has to offer. There's people who didn't even play for the Blue Jackets that ended yeah. up moving here. So uh, I, I think, you know, obviously we, we, we hope that, you know, our, our star players that we have now or will have in the future like Columbus and appreciate it and want to be here long term. But, you know, people are people and you, you, you can't control that. And it just is what it is. And I would agree with you about Columbus because I live here and I love it. Um, but Columbus was one of the 10 teams that was in the picture for the hub cities uh, mm-hmm. for the 2014 format. And oh, we hear Yarmo did say that the Blue Jackets were removed from that picture. Um, I love Columbus, and I think it would have been a great hub city. Uh, but why do you think Columbus should have been a hub city, and why do you think it wasn't chosen? I don't want to speculate too much on, on it because I, it's, it's, it's up to the NHL, and there's a lot of factors going yeah. into it. And, 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 and honestly, a lot of it is COVID-related. Um, so I, it's, I, I don't think there was anything wrong with the Columbus bid. Yeah, I think they're just – I mean, there's a reason why we're sitting here on July 3rd and it hasn't been announced yet. They're trying to get this absolutely perfectly right and then as they should. So um, uh, I'll leave the speculation to other people as to why one's chosen or why one isn't. But um, I, I mean, I don't think the, the city of Columbus should walk away from it thinking it's a slight or anything like that. Yeah. It's just a lot of factors at play. And uh, there's a lot of other great cities uh, that probably won't get it, uh, like people are hearing now because of the spikes in Vegas, maybe they won't get in things like that. So I don't think it's a testament against the city, uh, but with the hub cities starting to be finalized, uh, obviously I know you can't speculate, but from our point of view, I mean, we've been hearing uh, Toronto and uh, Edmonton uh, and with training camps starting soon. How excited is the franchise to have a shot at the cup this year with your first games against Toronto, possibly in Toronto, and especially your point of view, since, like you said, you are from Toronto. Well, I, I've been waiting for us to play Toronto in the playoffs for <laughs> a long time, and it almost happened last year, and now go figure, we're going to play them, and um, well, I, I don't know if I, I'll even get to go with how restricted uh, yeah. things are under COVID, and, and it certainly it's not going to be like I'm going to be having all my family yeah. and friends there watching and you know trying to convince them not to cheer for the Leafs, but um, it, it's 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 exciting i mean it's it's always exciting for to be in any kind of playoff series and um 
there's going to be a lot of attention on it because it's Toronto. And I, I think that's going to be good. It's going to be something different for our team. And um, I, I'm excited for it. It's just it's assuming it happens. Yeah. And in the return to play in the 24 teams and the qualifying rounds also got in, more interesting uh, with the draft lottery. Um, the losers of the qualifying rounds have a chance to uh, get that overall pick. Um, I know you guys would rather win the cup, but how big would a first round, uh, first overall pick be for the franchise? First overall pick is always a huge thing for for any franchise. Um, certainly, if if things don't go the way we want in this uh, playing series, like it's 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 obviously good news that you have a shot at it instead of not having a shot at it. So yeah. um, that's that was a positive spin on last uh, Friday's results. And uh, we'll just see what happens. It's, it's not a bad spot to be in where we are right now, but we, we're obviously just, we're not really thinking about that. We're thinking about mm-hmm. what's, what's going to happen. And with that. regards to training camp, and do you have a sense that if any players or coaches on the team are going to opt out uh, since they have that right, or do you expect a full team on July 10th or whenever training camps do start? I have no sense on that whatsoever. Okay. And I've heard you deal a lot with the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of talks that a new CBA is in the work. And I know you can't speculate on how big or how long a CBA will be, but how big is a long CBA um, going to be for the league and for the franchise? Um, well, obviously, if it's a long CBA, there's more certainty and you know um, you don't have to worry about there being another lockout in the future. You know what the rules are going to be for a long period of time. It would help with planning purposes and stuff like that. But you know, we're, we're prepared to roll with whatever comes out of this. So um, we're just waiting on pins and needles to see what's going to happen. Yeah. And with the cap expected to be the same or not raised a lot uh, next year, the Blue Jackets, have a do- they do have a good amount of cap space. What advantage does that give to the Jackets and free agency or trades or anything like that? Well, we're, we're going to have to see how it plays out. Um, we have some players to resign. We have some decisions to make. So um, it, it's good that like we're not in the position where we were counting on it going up to be able to keep everybody. Um, but we'll, you know, again, it, let's just see where it comes in and we'll roll with it. We have a lot of decisions. To make. And believe it or not, the Seattle expansion draft is coming up sooner uh, than you think. And, how are the Blue Jackets preparing differently uh, compared to when they lost William Carlson uh, to the Knights? Uh, we were in a different position back then. I mean, we were – sometimes things just happen at the right or wrong time. The Vegas expansion – had Vegas come into the league a year earlier, we would have been in a much better position in terms of there are guys who became eligible for the expansion draft yeah. for the, like for that year – but if the expansion draft was a year earlier, they wouldn't have been. And we would have been able to go a lot further down our depth chart and protecting guys just because there would be more guys that were automatically protected. Yeah. Um, this time, um, we're kind of in that boat again where there's a bunch of guys who came into the league this year um, who are not going to be eligible for it. And some of our veterans contracts are going to be up that year so they may not count so we're i mean it's it's factoring into everything we do but i i do think the outlook is probably uh going to be better but again it's it's really hard to say before we go through this off season because 
you know, if if guys get extensions or we sign players or we trade players, like it changes everything. So right right now, I'm I'm a little more comfortable with our outlook than the last time, but um, it's it, we have to. It, there's so much still to to play out. And with 2020, uh, obviously the playoffs would have already been finished. Uh, the cup probably would have already been awarded. Um, the draft would have happened. And the Blue Jackets were expected uh, to go to Yarmo's uh, home country, uh, to Finland, yeah. um, for the Global Series. Um, I mean, it will be your 20th season. Uh, at the Blue Jackets, they will be 20 years old. Um, so how bummed are you guys to not be able to go to Finland? And how bummed are you that, I mean, it's still maybe a few more years off uh, from a Winter Classic in Ohio Stadium now? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know anything about what's happening with the Winter Classic, but, you know, we were all really looking forward to that Finland trip. And uh, especially with having a couple Finn players and having Yarmo. I mean, Yarmo was going to be a great tour guide for us. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's always I, – I love to travel, and um, it's, I'm kind of bummed I haven't been able to travel at all. But, like, to be able to experience us playing in another country and to have – you know, someone like Yarmo with you can help you like really take in that country. Like it, it was going to be a really exciting experience and uh, now it's on hold. So uh, it, it sucks, but you know, there's 130,000 people almost dead in this country. And I think that's yeah. a, a bigger concern than us going to Finland and, and we got to get that under control. So. And is it expected uh, that you guys will go the year after or something like that? Um, because I, I know, know that. Okay. And, yeah. and with the 20th year of the Blue Jackets, uh, is there going to be, I know it's going to be definitely a later season and a more interesting season, um, but is there anything that you guys have planned for the 20th season, new retro jerseys, stuff like that? I'm actually not sure about that. And it's not really our department. I mean, the, the business side would be on, on that, but um I mean, that's probably something if COVID hadn't happened, we would have heard more about by now. But yeah. um, I, I don't, we were in the middle of the season when this stuff was, when this stuff happened. I don't know what was being planned. So um, I don't know. We'll save that for another day. And the, let's talk about this year now. Uh, the Jackets had many, many injuries uh, that probably made you in the front office uh, getting a little crazy uh, during the season. Uh, but you guys were able to stick with it. Um, stay in the playoff picture. Um, is that thanks to your coaching here uh, in Cleveland or both? And was the management also looking outside to try and help the team as well during that time? Um, I mean, we're always looking and we're, we're always hoping that what we have in Cleveland can help. But, um, you know, I mean, that's all, that's all you can do. Like, like we're, we're always trying to think of ways to, to get through the rough patches and to, you know, put ourselves in better positions for when the rough patches come. So, I mean, that, that, that's all, I mean, that's all you can do. And with those injuries, uh, are you expecting all the players who were injured uh, to be back with the Blue Jackets um, this, this off, this postseason? Um, all, all I can say on that is uh, we've activated all of our players off of IR except for uh, I think Josh Anderson is currently yeah. on IR and uh, Dubinsky is on IR. Um, 
everybody else that's activated off IR, I would expect is healthy. So, And uh, was that a little blessing in disguise almost uh, that you guys were now going to be able to have a full um, non-injured team in the, in the qualifying rounds? I know it's a weird way to think about it, uh, but if it wouldn't have been for this pause, uh, you would have been, if you guys did make the playoffs, you would have been going in uh, pretty injured. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, both the punches, you, you, you play yeah. your cards, you dealt, and you try and put yourself in the best position you can. So um, sometimes that works out well, and sometimes it doesn't work out well. So if it ends up working out well for us this time, then that's great. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and uh, what, is, what is your opinion on the future uh, of this team? Uh, you guys still have a very young team, um, but – you know, obviously, John Tortorella is getting uh, older and his, his contract is up, not this year, uh, but next year. Um, what do you think your outlook on the team is and how far uh, do you think this team can go in the future as well? Don't, don't tell Torts he's getting older. I mean, he won't like that. Well, <laughs> no, actually, I, I, I don't mean it like that, but I, I'm saying, like, every player gets older and uh, there's been a lot of speculation uh, if he will be retiring or not yet. Yeah, I'm not I mean, saying he's I think, old. I, if I, I want him to come in the podcast in the future, that's not what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know um, where I, I don't know where his future is going. I mean, you'd have to ask him if yeah. he's planning on retiring or not. I, I haven't asked him that. But uh, you know, obviously, we're one of the youngest teams in the league. I think I read somewhere that, like, depending on which players you count, we're either the youngest or second youngest team yeah. that's playing in the qualifying round. Um, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, look where we are right now, and we still are, you know, at the beginning of a window. So there's lots of room for growth. Um, we've got a lot of good young players. We've got a lot of – we had several rookies on our team this year. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a rare circumstance where a rookie player has shows you his best in his rookie year and then disappears. So yeah. um, those guys will get better. Um, our young core – is going to be our young core for some time. Um, and we're just going to try and find ways to, 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 you know, keep developing and keep making our group better. And um, it puts us in a nice position to, you know, keep our program going and keep put us in a position to win the cup at some point in the next few years. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great thing to say. Uh, the Blue Jackets have been a young team for a while. And I think that um, especially with young legs, fresh legs, uh, you don't, they have more uh, give on them and they can keep on going until uh, the end of the season, especially we saw last year at the end of the season, the Blue Jackets were playing playoff games in the regular season uh, for a long time. Uh, but Josh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, I just want to wish you luck with this. Um, it's uh, You did a good job. I enjoyed talking to you and um, uh, let's do this again sometime. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, maybe uh, after the playoffs. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that fantastic interview with Josh Flynn of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with me about the Jackets and um, your career. It was great to speak to you, and I wish you and the Blue Jackets the best of luck uh, in the 24-team play-in round. Uh, 
Uh, now let's get into some exciting NHL news last week. Uh, we still did not know who those hub cities were going to be. Uh, it was going to be rumored to be Vegas and Toronto. Um, but however, Las Vegas uh, is no longer in contention of being a hub city because of the coronavirus spiking there. So the two hub cities that have been decided, um, unless there's last minute change, is Toronto and Edmonton, two Canadian hub cities. This was decided on July 1st. Um, so that is your big news there. Um, and they have low coronavirus cases there. And Toronto uh, will host the East and Edmonton will host the West. So the West is in the West and the East is in the East for time differences uh, problems. And now um, we were waiting. When will we officially know that the return to play is going to happen? Uh, well, I was talking about that the NHL and the NHLPA would have to come to an agreement on the CBA and a memo of understanding and about the protocols of phase three and phase four. Um, it's all going to be one vote. So all of that will be one vote. Uh, every player will have to vote for it and the board of governors will have to vote for it as well. And right now uh, the language on the uh, collective bargaining agreement and the memo of understanding uh, the language is still being finalized. And uh, by the time this podcast is released, it is possible that that language is uh, tentatively agreed on. Uh, but right now, uh, we only know that they are finalizing the details, uh, but we still know uh, what could come out of this collective bargaining agreement and MOU. Uh, first, we know that the Olympics uh, are going to come back. I said that last week, and um, that means NHL players will be allowed to go to the Olympics. I think that would be great for hockey fans. Um, there's also going to be a flat caps, um, a flat salary cap that I talked about, the possibility with Josh. Um, that is going to happen. Um, the CBA will also say that players can opt out. They will have three days after everything is voted on uh, to let their teams know that they're opting out, and they would have zero penalty. penalty. Um, the playoff share, share this year uh, would get doubled, and this CBA would be for six years, uh, which is a long CBA, and that is great. Uh, Josh Flynn, uh, who we just interviewed, he said uh, that it would be great for a long CBA, and it looks like uh, they are going to get it. Uh, also, no trade clauses uh, will be moved if a player gets traded. Um, so, for example, if uh, one player who has a no trade clause waives his trade clause uh, to go to another team, when he gets to that new team, his trade clause uh, moves with him as well, and he would not be able to be traded unless he waives it again. Um, there would also be a no signing bonus limit. Um, the minimum salary uh, for each player would increase uh, to seven hundred fifty thousand uh, next year and increase more uh, through the next six years of the CBA. Um, there's also going to be a new rule that. Players with long-term injuries can rehab in the city of their choice um, and not just in the city um, that their team is playing in. Um, so now, even though the CBA um, wording has still uh, is still being finalized, we now know that the NHL and the NHLPA have a tentative agreement on Phase 3 and Phase 4 protocols. Um, and again, that would be with it would all have to be voted on combinedly uh, with the CBA. Um, in phase three, there would be testing 48 hours before they enter 
the rink uh, for the first time, and then uh, it looks like there would be testing every other day. Um, but in Phase 4, when the games do start, there would be daily testing. And uh, we're hearing that each team can bring a maximum of 52 individuals. And uh, combining that number with all of the hotel staff, referees, res- people at the restaurants, anyone who is going to be in that bubble, that's around 2,000 tests per day. Uh, that is a massive, massive amount of tests. And with them doing this daily, I mean, that's just crazy. And yes, they are going to be those deep nasal swabs. So if you have been tested for COVID-19, uh, I heard it's pretty painful and it's not fun. Um, but that's going to have to be done uh, to anyone who is in that bubble every single day. Um, in the 40-plus uh, page uh, tentative agreement between the protocols for Phase 3 and Phase 4, um, they are calling the bubble a secured zone. And in the secured zone, masks will be required at all times besides eating, exercising when they're on the ice, and for coaches uh, when they're on the bench. Uh, so you'll still be able to see what the coaches are saying, and they will not have to having to be wearing masks then. Um, players are allowed to leave the the bubble uh, for extenuating circumstances uh, like a a birth or a family death or something else that's very important for them to leave. Uh, to come back, they would have to have four negative tests in a row and then quarantine for a specified amount, depending on um, how they travel. Uh, if they go via car, via bus, via train, via plane, whatever, um, the NHL would have to decide on that. Um, families uh, would not be allowed to be in the secured zone until the conference finals, uh, which means uh, players will be without their families for at least five weeks. Uh, and they will be allowed to be in the same hotel room um, if they would like uh, when the families do come in. Um, but usually on the road, players do share rooms uh, with each other. Uh, but in the secured zone, each player will get their own room. Um, some things that make common sense that it hasn't been done in a while is that each player will get their own separate water bottle and benches will be sanitized between each period. Um, even though families won't be able to come in until the conference finals, the NHL is being very nice in uh assisting families uh, while they are gone with deliveries, uh, medical needs, and everything like that. Um, Inside the secured zone, uh, we're talking about many different things uh, to keep the players happy and make it not just like they're trapped uh, in their hotel rooms. Um, There will be food trucks, uh, deliveries. um, There will be housekeeping every third day. Uh, There'll be movies inside um, the bubble. The NHL is also looking at excursions, whether it's inside or outside of the bubble. Uh, Something that players love is golf, uh, and there will be secure times uh, for golf that they can take a bus uh, to go um, to the golf course. But of course, um, the bus driver will be tested for COVID-19 and possibly be living in the bubble. Each team will get their own floor as well. And a few other things uh, that I think is pretty interesting here is that before phase uh, three begins, players will get a physical screening. And if the doctor in the physical screening does say uh, that they are at risk for COVID-19, they will be deemed unfit to play. Uh, So whether that's a heart issue, a breathing issue, if it's 
if they're at risk for COVID-19, they will be unfit to play. Uh, They can, of course, go get a second opinion uh, to try and contest that. Um, But, of course, everything is for the player's safety. Uh, There's a lot uh, more protocols that, of course, uh, I recommend um, you going and looking up this on Google. Um, TSN has great resources from Frank Saravalli and Bob McKenzie about this. Um, the Athletic, uh, Wisconsin Burnside, uh, they also have uh, some great uh, things as well. But I hope I answer your questions uh, and uh, let you know uh, the things that there is going to be uh, in this in these protocols. It's very confusing. It's a, a lot to digest. Uh, but we'll come back next week as well and be able uh, to tell you more about it but uh hopefully uh, by the time there is a vote next week uh by the time this podcast come uh next week for episode 12 uh hopefully we will know um if the vote is official or not and uh we're looking at some dates it looks like uh training camps if the vote happens soon training camps could start um soon uh on July 13th uh with teams arriving at their hub cities around uh, August um, excuse me, July 26th, and then also um, they'll be starting to have some meaningful games around August 1st. Uh, we're hearing maybe there's some exhibition games beforehand to get players' uh, hands wet or feet wet again, and uh, then we're seeing maybe a the draft lottery for the first-round pick uh, around August 10th, and then uh, mid-October uh, for a stanley cup presentation and also um we're hearing november 1st is when the nhl draft could excuse me free agency could start then and uh, near the end of october uh having the nhl draft lottery excuse me not the nhl draft lottery uh the nhl draft um but of course the nhl says anything uh can be canceled at any time um, and Gary Bettman will make that decision. And if the NHLPA does want to contest that decision, uh, they shall. And an independent arbiter uh, would uh, finally make that decision. Um, but anyway, that is all there is for the NHL news. I know it's a lot to hear and a lot to digest. Uh, so um, hopefully we'll talk about it more next week. Um, but things are developing all the time. So make sure uh, to follow us on social media. But anyways, that's all we have uh, for your NHL news. I hope you enjoyed that fantastic interview with the Columbus Blue Jackets assistant general manager, Josh Flynn, and listening to all of that NHL news craziness uh, with the phase three and phase four protocols and the CBA and the memo of understanding. <laughs> lot uh, to talk about Uh Uh, rambling on here but um i hope that you understand everything if not make sure you uh reach out to us on social media or or give us a message uh make sure to follow us on social media instagram and facebook at quarantine hockey hq and on twitter at hockey hq podcast Uh, if you want to send us a voice message um please Go to anchor.fm slash quarantine hockey HQ. My name is Zachary Rodier, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks.